Ladies and gentlemen, this is the fifth episode of Concerned Dabs podcast. I am your host, Katie M. Kane. With me is my co-host, Will Terps. There we go. What's up, Will? So today's episode, we're going to talk about cannabis breeding. We have Elephant Smiley from Terpenology and Noah Bentley from Dream Team Seeds. Um, it's going to be pretty awesome. We got a uh, two guys who are in the game making stuff happen. And we got some cool questions to ask them, and um, also some dummy questions too, because I see a lot of stuff online, and it took me a long time to figure out what certain words meant. So it'll be cool to ask these guys questions like that, and they can hip us in a in a cool fashion. Um, over there in the production room, has uh, Elephant Smiley called back in yet? Okay, I'm going to text him right now. So yeah, we got our first guest, Elephant Smiley. He's from uh, Portland. What's the name of his seed company again, John? Terpenology. Terpenology. Yeah, really, really cool name. Uh logo looks really super cool too i just think it's dope to brand yourself as flavor you know what i mean instead of something else because it's like that's what people are going to start shopping for definitely yeah. and how'd you uh how'd you uh meet um elephant smiley john so i met him i was working at this dispensary called kings of canna in northeast portland and he came in there to look at some of our concentrates and the beans we had on the shelf. We had some seeds on the shelf and he was just asking. And I said, dude, I'm going to buy that last five pack of Dark Star if nobody else does tomorrow. Like we get paid tomorrow. And he was like, where do you like Indica? And I was like, yeah. He was like, cool. He's like, well, I, I breed and stuff. So if you get any emails, man, hit me up. And I got his contact info and. I cracked a shit ton of seeds that summer, like probably like two or 300. And so oh. we, we threw a bunch of males away, but <laughs> I, I saved the ones that I felt were the healthiest and threw them to him. And it was cool. Like he used them. And the next year he threw me some crosses that he had. So I was pretty nice. happy. Like, um, and then since then I just try to follow him online and I don't know what seed banks he's in. Like as far as vendors online, but he's got some cool crosses, man. The one I keep asking him about is the Pinky's Advice. Um, those seeds came from uh, Pollination Elite Genetics out of Colorado. Those guys just dropped some packs by the store. You and I worked well at Natural Wonders. Oh. And Boss Man hooked me up with a 10-pack, so I was like, damn, hell yeah. And dude, that... That shit was fire. It like was literally like gas and like fucking dirty diapers, bro. Like <laughs> it was fucking like, oh, this stinks so good. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, and that I, raunchy. I, yeah, bro. I still haven't got any of those beans yet, but uh, hopefully we can make that happen sometime in the future. Is, is uh, Smiley, Smiley tuned in? Are you there, Smiley? Yes, I am, boss. All right, live on the yep, air, yep. ladies and gentlemen, we have Elephant Smiley from Terpenology. How's it going? Yes, sir. sir. Yes, sir. 
Just been uh, doing uh, some uh, stockpiling of uh, what the fennos on the mothers we're going to go for to kind of start uh, cubing out some genetics, and then we're going to be stabilizing uh, some of our other stuff in F2, F3, F4s for seed release. So, uh, yeah, we've had quite a task. And uh, and it's cool because I have actually been uh, dropping a lot of the stuff where you were getting the the really cool genetics from Dungeon Vault Genetics uh, pollination, like you were saying. And when you were coming up with all those crazy males, the cool thing you did, which taught me a lot, was that you grew them out in really big containers. Uh, you treated them just like females. You gave them that type of an at- attention. And because you did that, I noticed that what came out more of the male was basically a a more um, like a proliferation of that genetics by pushing it out more rather than most people will cull out their males if they find something really exceptional. But because you were growing them all out, what I really noticed was if you really push the male plants even beyond one season and re-veg them just like you would yeah. a female that you really like, right? And and even in that re-veg, a lot of people notice that the, the female plant gets better. It gets stronger in attributes. I did that with the Trinity a few times. I re-vegged it, and it just seemed to get more um, specific on the profiles. It, it, it itself dialed in what I needed to dial in. So the male Good. plants, too, by the second round of re-vegging them, they were starting to show THC development. They were starting Word. to show terpene profiles that were, I mean, that, that humble pie uh, and that foul mouth that you gave me in those big uh, kangaroo, like, I don't know, what were they? I think it was root pouch. Like, yeah, they were pretty big. Yeah. I, like, man, so, I, I, I had no what, time to sex anything, so I just went straight and everything and had to pull everything out once I saw it was a male, you know, I was like, damn. Right, but like because July. you put the soil regimen just like you would females, I could feed it just like I would a female. I could give it the same attention I would a female. And in that, two of those humble pie um, fennels gave out such – I mean, fuck my cherry pie female. Fuck my Girl Scout cookie forum cut. That humble pie gave out such a strong terpene profile in the stem rub beyond even the THC profile that was starting to show that anything that we've backcrossed that into. And I mean, even like the Ewok from alien genetics, which is like really profound. And it's kind of like Albert Walker, you know, funk, but it brings out, it brings out so much more when you really have a male plant that's dialed in on a certain terpene structure that really allows you to figure out now which side the female is leaning on and what attributes are going to be added from that male because that male was pushed as far as it it could go not just you you got 20 male plants that really didn't get bigger than you know 10 nodules like you know three feet high and like little you know one gallon pots but they started to show something that was, you know, uh, rare, a, a terpene profile, maybe a little THC. But you, you really didn't grow them out like you would a female. You didn't give them the attention. You just 
found something rare and a strain that everyone wants, you know, like the Wi-Fi or, or you grew out 10 lemon pound cakes and all 10 were fucking males. <laughs> and out of that, because you knew everybody wants the lemon pound cake, you found one of those 10 males and said, this one has attributes I like, but I know everybody wants this strain, so I'm going to put it cross it into everything. That's well, not to me, the ammo like, to go on. Like my cousin, like he, he went to Amsterdam and got a shit ton of seeds of that super lemon haze. And it's like that right. lemon pound that lemon pound cake was like the B side to those seeds. You know what I mean? Like the pheno you wanted was oh, yeah. the super lemon. But there was a B side pheno and he called it just the uh the lemon cake. But when I saw right. that in stores, I'm like, fuck, I know what this shit is, dude. Like this is it's the B side to those seeds. Like it's just the the pheno that didn't show up as much and people are hella into it now. Um, oh, I mean, so you know, and that that was the one thing that I really liked about TGA. When I first started breeding with TGA, and in my opinion, if you're going to start out breeding and you're not really doing it for sale, you're just kind of trying to learn about genetics. I think TGA, uh, their early stuff, not when Subcool and Jill split, but when it was TGA and they first came out with the Jilly Bean and his Apollo and this his shit was so, it wasn't pollen chuck, but it was so not stabilized that you got such an array of fennos that it was really, when people were when people were getting into the jelly bean or into the vortex, they were finding these, these fennos that I think jelly bean in itself, I think at Harborside or, or one of the, the cloning uh, Cali wrecks. I think they had something on, on file, like 300 different clone fennos of the jelly bean. Yeah, dude, there is a lot of, I would so, call I mean, bullshit. It, 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 it doesn't mean that anything you can so breed with would that. be stabilized, because it just means that's the array and what the velvet, orange velvet was, what the space queen was, what the Romulan was. But if you learn how to... Understand those terpenes, and that's the thing too. When we were talking about uh, uh, Bylos, you know, talking about uh, Mr. Holmes, right? Yeah. And I saw in the Potlander. I just picked up the Potlander the other day. I've been so busy, I haven't been checking in on what's going on. Really, nothing. But I saw that you know Jeremy Plum, uh, Cascadia Labs guy, and uh, you know Phylos Science, Mr. Holmes, were all doing one of the terpene events for the upcoming um uh the cannabis grow event that they do and uh what he was now focusing on and i remember he had a terpene event like back in 2014 maybe uh it was in the lorehurst area it was done by jeremy cascadia labs and it was all about terpenes right and so like fresh bombs. Everybody was there, the and pay I remember the when they were talking about the terpenes, it was like it was such a new infancy thing that when they were talking about terpenes, it was like the numbers were two percent to four four percent at the highest that anybody was talking about. And Cascadia Labs, the most advanced understanding they had of terpenes was just breaking down uh, the OG Kush to terpenoline, linalool, myrcene, you know, beta carophylline, all, all these uh, broken down um, terpenes so you kind of get an idea of 
smelling a plant like a nose would do for perfumes when they hire a nose who can break down. Okay, I smell lavender, linalool. I smell cinnamon, you know, uh, certain types of pepper, beta-carophylline. I smell, and so when someone can break that down for a plant, yes, for one, when they're breeding, it's another, it's another thing, too, when they're being able to find those fennels. But when we were at the Cascadia Labs, the one in 2014 Jeremy Plum was putting on, when I told these guys that I brought labs with me because I didn't think anyone would really believe me if I came talking my talk, and I said, these are my genetics that I've been breeding for terpenes, not bud structure, not necessarily mold resistance, not necessarily THC, CBD production, but terpene uh, specifics. So if I'm trying to follow this funky Hindu Kush uh, as opposed to this OG Kush kind of thing, then strains I'm looking at to breed are Cynex, you know, not just the, the purple Kush, the Hindu Kush. The Cynex had a really good Hindu Kush in there. A lot of people thought the Cynex was Cinderella and Vortex, but the X represented yeah. the unknown. If you really understand the terpenes of that plant, you can smell yeah, the Kush, dude. the Hindu it, Kush it sm- in there. Yeah, and so it smells when, like, when uh, even breeding, it smells like Cinderella hella too, man. Right, right, and and this is the thing too. When I started to breed the Cinex as opposed to breeding the Cinderella, I knew that Jeremy hadn't really stabilized the Cinex too well. So I knew he had a. I knew because I knew Jeremy way before he started doing his thing, like 1999, 2001. He was working for my mom over on uh, Alberta. She had a shop called Groundswell Cafe. But anyways, Jeremy had a really good connection for his boy in Cali. He was bringing up this fucking fire Cindy, you know, this fire Cindy 99. And yeah, one of the things like about it was is that I knew that must have been the Cindy he used in breeding in that Cinex. So when I started breeding his cut of the Cinex, I started connecting it to uh, a chem dog, and a chem dog jelly bean cross I had that really brought out the diesel with the linalool. But it wasn't fully stabilized. I started kind of stabilizing it. But um, when I crossed it with the Cinex, what I what I saw was brought out in the Cinex were about 10 different terpenes, 10 different terpenes, and one of the expressions was probably my favorite cut of the Cinderella, that it literally brought out probably the Cinderella cut that I knew from Jeremy uh, in, in two of the fennos. Uh, I think two of the other fennos had a very uh, kind of Cinex chem dog thing going. One had kind of a more uh, jelly bean, Cinex, sweet Cinex thing going on, kind of, you know, uh, not not too rare in, in, in terpene output, but one of the Cinderella ones, one of the Cinderella fennos that I kind of kept and bred and stabilized brought me back to my favorite cut of the Cinderella, but I found it in the Cinex by cubing out what was most important in, in Jeremy's Cinex cut. Word. Okay, so uh, to I I sent you these questions a little bit earlier, but um, I just want because yeah, I kind of I saw those. You're, 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 yeah, you're super uh, knowledgeable on the game and everything, but some of our first time listeners might be um, a little bit new. So I wanted to just ask some, you can call them dummy questions if you want, but pretend I'm a, a patient or a new grower or something. Um, what right. does bat, what does bat cross mean? 
Um, Black cross in its loosest form means you took plant A and you crossed it with plant B. So you back crossed it with a plant to where now basically what you're creating is a hybrid. Okay. So if someone said well, this is what, a what blue city like diesel back yeah, they back say it's cross. a blue city yeah, diesel like a... back cross. They're not really saying it's a blue city diesel exact strain. They're saying it's a back cross of that strain. And it could be that it was back crossed into itself. So if yeah. the blue city diesel was right back crossed into the blue city diesel, you'd probably have a more dominant structure of whatever Benno of the blue city diesel you were working with. If you back crossed the blue city diesel with uh, the blueberry you probably break City. down the blueberry profile in the Blue City Diesel, as opposed to if you backcross the Blue City Diesel with the NY City Diesel, you would probably bring out the diesel and the yeah. Blue City Diesel. Okay, so uh, so my next dummy question: What sort of methods do you use? Um, like sometimes I see guys online using a paintbrush. Some guys will. Yeah, um, you know, put shake yeah, the whole brand. Yeah. Cool if you're really not worrying about uh, the pollen floating off, if you're really in a loose, open pollinated area. But if you want to be real, if if you want to do that kind of, uh, I want my strain, my one strain to have three different pollen types on it. In my opinion, the best way to impregnate the hairs to the calyxes which is basically if you look at it the calyx is the womb and not to be vulgar with it but the hair is basically the vagina right the clit so the clit is sticking out of the ovum and to impregnate the ovum you have to take the pollen as the sperm and hit the tip of the hair which is the clit and allow that impregnation of that pollen to slowly go down that hair, which will watch it to slowly redden. And then it goes into the ovum. So it impregnates probably within an hour. Within an hour, the pollen can impregnate a a calyx to where you can probably wash it down with water and not worry about that pollen really spreading because it's already impregnated that, that calyx and wash it away. But this is what people do with the brush. I see them taking way too much pollen on their brush, and they think that just by dropping it all over the bud, that it's just sitting on the bracts really well and sitting in there and not floating. But as soon as a little wind or a little fan comes, if you're not trying to pollinate the whole crew of your plants, then there's no way you can have a very precise uh, breeding regimen if you're breeding with a brush, if you're breeding with bags. So in my opinion, if you want to get the closest, most personal uh, pollinated method with the plants, I use my fingers. Because for one, the pollen kind of gets deeper into the pores of your fingers, into the little crevices. And because it has a very um, moist uh, texture to it, when it sits into your fingers, you're able to really feel when it's getting into the THC uh, to, to, to kind of grab it into the hairs. So you're really able to push it in there in a way, in my opinion, after doing that for about two minutes, really pushing it around the bud. I wait for about two, three, maybe five minutes, and then I give it a spray off. 
so basically all the excess pollen I want to just spray off onto the ground. I don't want it sitting there. <clears throat> and that's awesome. pretty just much my use your hands. on how I... Just use your hands. Yeah, that's tight, Smiley. Awesome. Yeah, I use my hands. And, and when people see, you, you remember uh, seeing my seed production yeah. on, a, on a single limb, I would, right? And that was yeah. just me really, you know, I mean, I would do it with a brush, but... If I really wanted to get as many seeds as I would get in there, I would want that pollen to sit on my fingers as long as I could because I'd feel it in there. But with the THC, I'd know it'd start to absorb in there. And then I would just push it and push it all over that bud site that I wanted pollinated. And I could get pretty consistent. If I wanted to do one plant and have four different pollens, four different, eight different limbs, uh, with those four different pollens, I could get pretty precise results as a difference from those four different pollens and know the difference. But you got to be, you got to be so on point on how you do it. Word. So my next question is, uh, what does pollen chucking mean? Uh, pollen chucking is basically probably what most young breed or not young but new breeders think when they're like yo man i'm gonna grab this mac uh cut from you know homeboy who knows connection to cap right so it's a real mac cut i'm gonna grow it out okay and then my homeboy gave me some pollen from the peanut butter breath that he grew out from a pack of gromer seeds you know thug pug and I'm going to make the sickest fucking Mac peanut butter breath cross and they're all going to fucking want it and it's going to be just the shit. And what you do is rather than really have an isolated uh, this fennel to this male plant or these four Macs to this peanut butter breath, uh, to allow the person to really be able to discern the differences that the male and the female influence did on each plant or just the one plant, you got to have at least 20. And, and this is why breeding, you got to have space to do it. And it's not like I limit the person who can breed, but the amount of space you need to breed properly, you need at least 20 plants of each string to at least search out a pheno that will be closely related to the mother the father and a 50-50. And when people get up to those 100 counts, those 1,000 counts, I'm doing a major fennel hunt, 100 to 1,000 plants, because they know in those 1,000 plants, 100 plants, there is a guaranteed fact that they're going to come across one mother that's exactly like the mother, one father that's exactly like the father plant, and one in the middle amongst 20 plants that will show little variations in the middle, 61, 40, you know, 60, 40, you know, 70, 30, 50, 50, 51, 49, you know, just very variations, nuances. But to pick that one and discern the one because you know both the mother and the father, you've been growing them for seasons, you know the differences, you know what they can do different in, in how you give them nutrients. You know the soil. You have to grow the mac and grow at the peanut butter breath so long to understand what those nuances will give back when you grow out the offspring that a pollen chucker will just grow out that mac, 
They'll grow up that peanut butter breath or just have the pollen. As soon as the plant's going and you're like, this is the shit. This one plant right here is going to win every cannabis cup. He throws a bunch of peanut butter breath pollen on it. And as soon as he's got those seeds, he goes up on Instagram and he goes, you want to know what's going to win a cannabis cup? He shows Weird. the picture of the, of the Mac like anybody does, and he says, this is the motherfucking mother I use, so I'm guaranteed you're going to find these finnows. And that's what pollen chucking is, because it's not giving you enough uh, statistical evidence based on trial and error. It's just so just just a guy just a guy winging it rare. more or less. Yeah. It's like a guy a guy winging it. Like if I would have kept my males mm -hmm. and then just just threw it on whatever plants I had, then that would have been pollen choking. But I was like, I I'm not qualified to deal with such things, so I'm gonna hand it to my homie because he's been he knows what he's doing. But it's not it's not pollen chucking if you're gonna take out the offspring and really fennel hunt because you understood what the two plants you played with. So Word. even if you yeah. grew them once, if you're still spending a lot of time to fennel hunt, then you're still not pollen chucking because you're taking a lot of time in the post grow to find what was most important about the plants you liked. But if you just crop them up real quick, grow them one time, and tell everybody who wants, who thinks those strains are popular, yo, man, I just crossed the candy rain with the lemon pound cake, back cross to the forum, back cross to the thin mint, back cross to the OG Kush breath, back cross to the Mac. You're just going to have one fucking unstable plant. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Okay, so my next question is uh, what sort of test do you run? um on new genetics that you're breeding like as far as you know like maybe mold resistance or like uh maybe how long you could go without water or anything like that what sort of stress tests or anything like that do you run on your plants yeah uh well we stress all our, our seeds out we want we we want a germination rate that's probably going to be most conducive uh, with a 14-year-old growing it somewhere in a really swampy area in Georgia or, like, a really humid area in Columbia, Canada, where, like, you know, not that many people live in that area. So it's, like, the most random. We don't want to take uh, the most perfect grow uh, operation and say that everyone's going to be operating at this level to plant these plants in the most pristine uh, you know, commercial op, because I think a lot of the companies that do that, and I don't mean to like call out names, but you know, I think when certain companies grow their and breed out their genetics in such pristine climates with such uh, adaptive, you know, machines and and operations, it 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 makes it so hard for the for the kid or the new grower, the grandma who's going to be growing it in her backyard for her to get the same germination results that those guys do in such pristine situations and grow, grow locations. So we stress out all our seeds so far, even before they get to F2 or F3, because we want to know that if you pop them in the water, if you take 12 of our, a 12 pack or a six pack and you put them in the water, if they're female-male ratio seeds or female seeds, we want to know regardless, you're going to get 10 that are cracking. 10 you're putting into the soil, cocoa core, 10 that are popping within 10, two days, three days. 
uh, within yeah. a week to that. There are, so we want to know, no matter what your experience is, we're giving you a seed that is strong, hybrid vigor. And if it is an outdoor seed, like the Space OG, I always tell people if they want to grow a plant that give them sativa terpenes, <clears throat> but will harvest like, you know, an indica, uh, but given big results, the space OG and specifically finding, like I say, the fennel that's most important. We call it the citrus drink because it gives out the real citrus profile to the OG. Um, it's hardy. It we tested it out. It's got straight mold resistance to Pacific Northwest specifically. It 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 can get rained on like a son of a bitch. We tested it out with this guy growing it over in Bend. We gave it to this guy growing it out over in Pineville, where it's just like you got to find water to fucking in the Kalachi soil. We gave it to a person who's growing in a really pristine greenhouse. We gave it to a guy who's growing in his spider mite infested indoor. And all of them have pretty much finding the rare fennel that they can all basically sort out from this guy to that guy. Man, this one smelled like oranges, man. It was just like a fucking, you know, like a thing of fruit I got off the corner. And yeah. the other person says, man, I also found this other fennel that outdoors, I got like four pounds off it, and there was barely any mold, and I harvested it damn near in November. Yeah, so, the, uh, you know, that's I, a plant I I've tested outdoors, indoor, but mostly for someone who wants to grow outdoors. But if they were saying, I want to grow a really good uh, plant with high terpenes, can I grow the, will I get the best results growing the OG space cookies, which is basically the Chemex, form that the, crosses the Chemex. OG, would they get the same results growing that outdoors? And I would say, not unless they're closer to Cali, you know, more southern, because growing a stream like that in Pacific Northwest, a, such a, a indoor kind of cookie stream, it can really get so heavy in crystal production that as soon as you get a little moisture, rain, oh, man, that white mold comes in. Like, you know, THC is really like the... the the salt water to cocaine for marijuana mold production. Dude, every almost every cookies anything I ran outside fucking started molding. Like light dip is the only way because fuck, dude. All those sh like most anything cookies too runs hella late, bro. Like like fucking yeah, like three and, months and, and, and a lot and of the plants like, man, too. I mean, they it, might give it, off it nice buds, they give really stringy stems. So if you don't know how to, that's why we crossed a lot of our cookie strains because what we noticed was it was all right uh, production, but the stems were just like like growing the chem dog and telling someone to get amazing results on it. It's too stringy of stems for you to like bulk out buds unless you really know how to prop up, uh, you know, your plant right and to really, yeah, you know, uh, put in something that's going to allow it to structure itself. And a lot of people really don't know how to put in, uh, you know, that kind of um, uh, um, netting and all that and, and do it right. So to give someone a plant, like, see, our OG space cookies, when we put our space OG into something like the Girl Scout cookies, we knew it was going to strengthen it up beyond all the attributes of hybridizing and giving it vigor. 
we knew it strengthened it up, but what it would do because of the space OG's terpene profiles, it would bring out something unique out of everything that was important in the Girl Scout cookie. And honestly, if someone gave me, and someone did just give me a really amazing forum cut of the Girl Scout cookie, and I'm going to use that, and I got a really good um, pack of seeds, cereal milk, which is a really good thin mint uh, Girl Scout cookie um, hybrid. But to focus on what's most important out of the thin mint, to focus on what's most important out of the forum cut, if you really got the forum, if you really got the thin mint, because a lot of people don't even know what the real Girl Scout cookies is. So if you can give them something that is of the same terpene profile, but the structure is giving them more, that's why I like the sour lamb. I told a lot of people if you like the sour diesel, the sour lamb cut I got right now is so much more sour and gives you so much more structure and harvest so much earlier that it's way more uh, preferred for that sour fennel in my opinion. But a lot of people still, it wasn't leaning more on that diesel side, and it was way, because of the lamb's breath, it was way too more sativa for Pacific Northwest. We put the Sour Patch Nugs into it, uh, which with the jelly bean and the Sour Patch Nugs, it adds in a lot of sweetness to what the sour lamb. And now we're getting all these fennels, we're calling it Sour Sid. We're getting all these fennels that are just, Sour this, sour OG, sour, uh, sour like this, sour. I mean, you know what I mean. Just every range sure. of sour, and we even did one cross where we put in the sour lamb, sour patch nugs, back cross to Pinky's advice, which is also a sour diesel jelly bean back cross yeah, to the white string. Tell me some of those, bro. I want some of those beans. Oh, bro, bro, bro they're matching up so amazing. I mean, the sour, the jelly bean, and the white connected to the sour lamb, the sour diesel, the jelly bean, <clears throat> and the space OG in there give such a combination of matches. That's what I say when you're matching the profiles. <clears throat> so this terpene profile is now matched with this terpene profile. You start – because sour diesel and chemdog are two of the hardest terpene profiles to pass along to another generation. Uh, you got to fennel hunt and fennel hunt and stabilize and stabilize and cube to even bring that out in your hybrid as if there's any reason to have a difference. That yeah. when we created the Sour Patch Nugs, there was such a difference in the sour diesel. It was such like a sweeter jelly bean sour diesel that we just fucking loved it. But the thing about it was it wasn't the biggest producer, but this fucking sour lamb was such a producer, and it was an earlier producer that when we put the two together and then on top of that combination, we add in the pinky's advice to the sour lamb because that's another connected combination. All the fennels now have an attribute that is really like combining the Tetris links. This matches up to this, so you're going to get this profile. This matches up to this, so now you can pretty much know you know, these are my jelly bean sours. These are my sour that have the kind of sweetness jelly to them. These are my, you know, uh, lamb's breath sativa sours that are kind of more of a Jamaican sativa but have that sour to them. So now you have all these different expressions of sour that are very hard to combine in that terpene profile of what creates sour or what creates OG. And then to pass it along, 
and also to pass it along because you're creating different expressions of it, which create a new strain where someone's like, why do you like the gelato more than the Girl Scout cookies? Why do you like the Miracle Aliens more than, you know, the cookie, blah, blah, because everybody has a different preference, what they like in perfumes, what they like in food, and the same thing will go into cannabis and what profile they like. And so in that finding the right profile that someone could actually go into a rack and say, man, this strain right here is the fucking bee's knees, but they called it like monkey balls, and these people called it oatmeal dick, and these people called it princess's <laughs> smurf. So I don't know what the fuck you guys call it, but I got this terpene profile of it. Do you have anything like this? And that's how Weird. you would now match up people's cannabis okay, we, choices on terpene okay. profiles that have now been that's very what I feel stabilized. Too. To be, I, I feel that's the future. Have to selling when on I go terps. into a shop and I say, you got anything that's really sour or you got an OG, they give me all these things now, whether it's Josh's OG, White Tahoe cookies, and I'm just like, the fucking name don't mean anything. And they give me some concentrate, and now they're doing the same thing with the terpenes. They did the THC. It says 9% on terpenes. And I'm just like, 9% of what? Nothing out of nothing equals nothing. And so what they're still not doing in a lot of their strains, yeah, you might be growing in name alone, the Samoas, the Dosi Dos, you might be growing some dog walker because that's what people told you you're growing. But if you don't have a sense of those strains and you don't know what's important about that terpene profile, you're damn sure not going to be able to isolate it. Word. Okay, so uh, we and, have you know, a question. That's the from one our... thing I wonder even about phylos bioscience. What, I mean, a lot of guys send in, this is the tried and true sour diesel. Okay, AJ sends in the sour diesel. Uh, you know, homeboy sends chem dog, <clears throat> buddy sends in the chem dog. So they have these uh, markers. I know for sure because of the guy who grew it, bred it, sent it in. But how many people really have an understanding who are creating these markers what the real strain is? so that they themselves could even see a sample of sour lamb or fucking super silver haze and say, man, this is, <clears throat> this is the most profound, specific terpene profile I've smelled on the super you know, lemon haze or the super silver haze since back in the day in Amsterdam, you know, in 96. And I just don't think Mr. Holmes has a background in cannabis or anybody who's fucking working in his establishment has an understanding of cannabis no more than wine, no more than beer. This is one thing I say the difference to the cannabis industry in Oregon to the beer industry in Oregon is those guys are putting way more time into the craft and less time into the ego. You know how many times I actually get up on Instagram and try to find some beer production company who's buying Gucci and fucking, you know what I mean? So they're putting into the craft. They're putting into what they're creating and trying to get it isolated before they even push the product. And I don't see the same thing going on in the cannabis industry which for sure makes people not trust the seed industry. And until people get back to a very, um, I'm doing this for the craft, 
the money thing is going to make this that the money wins. The money will win because the money can buy up and sort through all the myth and the hoopla that Adam Dunn will try to sort through with other breeders on his show, that this guy will try to sort through with his buddies. And, you know, everybody who was jumping on the cookie train is so jumping off it right now that they're even posting something about Burner that he did in one of his cookie videos, and it's showing that they knew so much about the cookie strain and the Durban, and, and it just makes them look like assholes. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But at one point, well, uh, but at one point, when everyone was jumping on the brand, they were like, "These guys, man, they know their shit, man. I want to buy into this brand." And in five years, people are going to be selling their cookie hoodies at Goodwill because the brand ain't going to mean nothing. Okay, so uh, we have a question from one of our IT guys, Smiley, um, and then I'll add to it. His question is, how is the percentage of mother and father determined per plant or batch? And then um, I'll add to that by saying, um, do more traits from the male get passed on to the female offspring? Or Because that's one thing that I've read is that um, – Picking your male is important because whatever. Well, I, I think guys who are focusing get, more on their males than their females are definitely in the right direction. Uh, there's a guy right now called uh, that I'm, I'm really into his profile, AK Brains, and uh, he is so much more on focusing on his male plants and actually getting THC profiles that are like nine percent, twelve percent. And uh, and twelve percent on a male plant is already going to probably give you a high terpene profile just because of that cannabinoid concentration. Uh, the terpene profile is so specific because he's really uh, inbred these lines that have connections. So he did a he did a, a it was a Northern Lights back cross to a hash plant back cross to a. Uh, uh, what was it? Um, uh, another Pacific Northwest plant, uh, uh, a black domina, a black domina, and they were all from um, the Sensi Seed Bank. You know, back in the day, and that's when like Sensi Seed Bank's fucking black domina was insane. They're in L so he crossed them all together. He got really high profiles, probably pretty uh, <clears throat> stabilized terpene profiles, and his. His different variation plants on that Durban Poison, uh, I mean, on that Black Domina Northern Lights uh, hash plant, everything that he breathed it into, he's able to know that plant so well, he can know the specifics to his females, exactly what it's adding to. And that's why TGA was so cool to breed with their genetics because they had this cut of the Space Queen forever they were calling the dude. And everything the dude touched would give in some type of sweetness that that Romulan, you know, Cindy combination, uh, the Space Queen, linalool adding to the citrus strains, create the jelly beans, stuff like that, and not even having to stabilize them not even having to stabilize them, you know because of this male plant gives off this expression, you know exactly what the female plants do. You can really understand your fennels now. 
going okay. so orange, uh, citral means female. Going okay, so much so more linalool sweet means male. And now you know what you should breed into it. No doubt. We're going to open it up to uh, callers. If anybody who's listening right now wants to call in and ask any questions of Elephant Smiley, our number is one 777 3227 That's 1-833-777-DABS. Um, so we got another yeah, guy you're, you're... on the... On the on the call waiting in line smiley so we want to ask you one more question before we Work. go if anybody calls in and then we want you to plug your social media but you kind of touched on it a little bit but if you can give us a, a four or five minute spiel on what your opinion is of phylos bioscience being a cannabis breeder in oregon uh yeah, I mean basically just on Instagram the last week, uh Phylos was called out by pretty much every respectable seed breeder that I know of who had even sent stuff into him from one eye from the dog walker. Uh and you know, the one thing I noticed was no matter anyone bringing up Jeremy Plum's name, Jeremy jumped up on there and started to defend everything he could to his connection to that to say what their intentions were were all good all positive everything was to learn and to put back out on the platform but the only thing is is that to be part of the platform you have to send something in so in a way you almost have to give in to the bs to even see what's on data well, you, have, you to have, have to pay for it, too. If, if AJ really sent him the sour diesel, he knows he has a sour diesel. What I don't like about Mr. Holmes doing is he can now know he's got the sour diesel. Everybody who sends him in a close backcross to the sour diesel that has any of the terpene profiles that any of the assholes who send in don't know what they have – he can now tell any big company, these are all the strains you should go after that are similar to this very popular strain. And he can do that from the cookie strains to whatever becomes a brand trend strain. And Monsanto, uh, RJ Reynolds, that's exactly how they're going to come at it because they're not going to come out of this at this Amsterdam heady craft uh, cannabis boutique angle. No, they're going to come at this as cannabis cup instagram walmart costco for idiots this is like fuck little boutique cannabis spots you are creating a petri dish of information for guys who want to create a, a megaplex of cannabis options like harborside so that no one else can play ball because they got everything and i remember when we first started out at cannabis there was five different um little tables everyone had to rent out a table and i remember there was one group of guys i'm not going to say who they are because they're friends but there were one group of guys that no matter everybody bringing really good boutique stuff and i was bringing primo stuff and no one knew who primo was but these guys would bring at least a hundred different strains to where they're really making it hard for anyone else to show their product because they got such a large arsenal 
They're really blowing the consumer's mind, and the consumer don't know much. So what the consumer is going to always go for is either if they're rich, they're going to go for exclusivity, and if they're broke, they're going to go for $30 ounces. And the way I see it, guys like Mr. Holmes at Phylos, they're making it really easy for Monsanto to allow the harbor sides to create that type of menu that's like your Marlboro Green 100s, your Sour Diesel Dragon Blend. And that's just going to want to that's just going to make everything as bland as every industry already is in America from music to art and if you look at every industry right now that's kind of in the entertainment from music to art to cannabis, they're so intercross related that if you even look at products coming out, Ron English's little grin connected to the cannabis, uh, you know, it, it's just branding. Burner, what he's doing even with Wiz Khalifa, rap music, uh, everyone's coming out with their own strains now. Uh, Eventually, this thing isn't about the experience with the plant and what it can do and anything ever being medicinal. And people are so gone in the CBD thing. You would think Rick Simpson was like, damn, didn't I not make this easy for him? But people are so caught on the brand because in America, you go to a coffee shop. You could understand it's a good coffee shop, but you see Starbucks, and Starbucks brand means you got money to buy artisanal coffee. You go to Whole Foods rather than go to a co-op. You come out with that Whole Foods logo, and it still means I'm part of a sect of society that can afford this artisanal good. You come out of a pharma as opposed to coming out of some spot on 72nd and Herald. They might have better product and better prices at this spot over here, but it's not as much of an exclusive brand. Word. Okay, so my last question. You know, question you, before you, you, work, you work for a couple of those wrecks that we know are different in creating that exclusive brand. Yeah, man. Hell yeah, dude. For real. It's, it's all about that. Uh, what do you have? My last question before you plug your social media is what do you have coming out in the future? Do you have any new uh, seeds that you're going to have at any seed banks online or anything like that that you want to plug in? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're we're really trying to get into a few seed banks by the end of this year, but what we're really going on right now is locking down sour strains, uh, really making them so the profile is consistent um, on different uh, variations in sour strains. We're working with a couple cookie strains, but mostly the most important thing we're working on, people like Tangi, We're working on these citrus strains right now that are basically different versions of the citral uh, from lemon to orange to, you know, grapefruit. So from the Blue City Diesel all the way to, um, you know, tangy citral strains that we're working on to really have this line of cannabis terpenes that it doesn't even really smell like cannabis anymore. It's going on terpene profiles that really augment the high. And the THC is kind of like the boat, but the terpenes are the oars. And they're really what's steering your fade, reminding you of that some lemon smell back when you were a kid bro. at a fair, you know? That's a good analogy, dude. Like, serious. 
Everyone has cannabis, a different experience the with is their the visceral aesthetic the experience Everyone's going to have a different experience to taste, smell, touch. Their whole visceral experience with cannabis is going to be different, and you got to understand that. And, and another thing we're really trying to lock down, everyone's trying to make diamonds, but we've really been trying to make live sugar wax locked down. That what we're doing when we create our terpene strains is like people are making live resin right now. What we're doing is we're making live sugar wax. We process it and we allow the terpenes to cure in the sugar wax. So what you're getting is something that eventually can have the cure date on it. You're getting oil that's been cured for three months. You know how the terpene profile has been escalated. You know, you know, and it's not just a product that we made it last week and it kind of reminds you of OG this. Dope. Hell yeah. So uh, can you plug all your social media before we go? Smiley, we got our guy Noah Bentley waiting on the on the call here to come on next. Can you plug your, is it yeah, just IG? I, I, I checked out his Twitter? site too. I like I like what he's doing, definitely. Um, yeah, Terpenology420 on Instagram. Uh, follow Terpenology on uh, Facebook as well. Uh, of course, I got Elephant Smiley420, uh, Elephant Smiley on drugs uh, on Instagram. Also pumping the music and the art apparel stuff coming out with the, the cannabis lines too. So nice. you can check out all that stuff at Terpenology420. It's definitely one that can link you into most of the other sites on Instagram. Okay. Well, Smiley, we really appreciate you coming on the show, dude. You got a lot of a lot of knowledge, and um, I'm gonna stay at you. Hopefully, we can have you on again sometime in the future. Um, dude, like it's. It's really been an honor. I, I appreciate you taking the time, man, and hipping everybody. Yeah, I mean, you know, me and Shiva Vicious have been working on this thing for a while, and, I mean, I'm glad that you got to meet us and, you know, we got to connect. And, I mean, you really got to get some packets of uh, this this Ewok back across at the Humble Pie. I, I mean, the Ewok is like life, Albert bro. I'm about that life, It is so man. funky. It is so funky, bro. You would just fucking love it. Okay, dude. So uh, as soon as uh, we get all the the audio and everything uploaded, dude, I'll I'll text you and message. No doubt, no doubt. So my first question, I guess, I can assume, but I'm still gonna ask it. Um, how did you get into this part of the industry? Um really just came to luck um i went online and tried to get seeds and it, it worked out i had seeds sent in a barbie doll uh some like uh classic og 18 um skunk number one beans uh and so really that was a spark off uh you know having friends who are growers that you know they've had strains they ran for eight ten years real yeah. deep and saying it's tried and true and you know we're seeing homies with you know old-fashioned dynasty blue magoo seed packs that are literally they just saved for nostalgia's sake you know and i'm just like oh nice and so you you know you gather you call your girls and then you know you start with what you have and so i'd like a cool start I had some 
really, really rare, or what I think are rare packs gifted to me from from some friends in the in industry of some like really, really nice strains. Um, and then, you know, you get bag seeds when you <laughs> buy stuff. Hell so, yeah, you know, bro. Pop, pop I always ran bag seeds. Crossing my fingers, you know. Dude, but it ends up being <laughs> one of the best bag <laughs> so seeds I ever ran. It was a uh, Dirty Arm had the Gorilla Glue live resin, but they also had the flower on the shelf at Natural Wonders. And I mm -hmm. found the bag <laughs> seed and then ate seeds. the flower. So and I was like, dude, I'm running lot. this. And it was bomb bro oh i bet oh, I, I remember uh noah i used to i used to find noah a few seeds when we were at the shop yeah dude it's like <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, that. Pop I'm, I'm running it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah you know just some of the yeah. more uh the special strains that we get in you know there there been a few rogue uh seeds that that we found and you and you know when when you find about you know just one or two seeds in in the entire batch uh there's a good chance that's a self seed so you know yeah. it's it's you know it's it's not you know i mean there's still a chance that it could be you know crossed to something else in the room if if, if pollen you know got loose or but herm. yeah or yeah. herm um but yeah sometimes you know you get you get that one or two seeds you find in per batch and that that could be a self seeds, and you could actually have a uh, have yourself a uh, nice little playground. Yeah, a nice little play playground is right. <laughs> All right, yeah, Noah. Still... So, uh, my next question: uh, What strains are you working on? I know you said you had a cross that you were working on the last time you were on the show. Do you want to pump that up a little bit? Are you guys going to release that, um, like, to the public? And like my other question too is like, does that shit get tracked by metric, or is that that something separate, or like, how does that work? So we're really in the infancy of even like a business aspect of it. I still think we're in the lab, really brewing stuff up. Uh, we aren't doing any selling of anything like that. Um, pretty much, we're just working with a very limited, small, little project size stuff. Um, one thing I do have to say is some of our more, you know, healthy genetics that we've kept, we, we've, like what Smiley said, we've back crossed to themselves and we've back crossed to new strains to create new flavors. Um, Hi. we're, you know, trying to, you know, coal, you know, F two, three, four and fives. Um, but really we're just working, uh, on the silver tip this, this year, we're trying to, we're trying to just nail these seeds down to, you know, looking like the mother and smelling like the mother, but holding, you know, structural traits from the father that we chose when we back crossed to get a seed stock to then take back to the original mother. Um, so yeah, we put it, we put, I think, uh, I want to say five years of breeding uh, on this uh, property where we're at and pretty much we're just, you know, we're just going with, our gut, uh, you know, there is no, you know, degree on breeding cannabis strains or anything oh, like that. You could just do no, your, hard, your best to just, it's yeah, pretty heart, much go bro. hard. For real, man. Yeah. But I um, try my best to, to stay organized and really not just be, you know, like you said in, in the last segment, a uh, pollen trucker, because um, males are kind of 
dangerous when you are, you know, keeping a farm. And so Hell I try yeah. to keep my selections down to very limited. And if I keep a male, it's because it outshined 12 other males that I thought were at least, you know, <laughs> keepable to that stage. And one thing that uh, I believe you guys hit on real early is growing males out to actually see their true structure and yeah, their THC production, what their stem rubs are going to be like. I want to see how yeah. big these fan leads are. That, that, that was one thing that really took my experience with breeding to another level was actually, you know, growing a male in a 20 gallon, six feet tall, and literally, you know, I would just for my protection, I would just like, you know, heavy thin it so that, yeah. you know, there isn't very many organ Seed sites does. for it to yeah. pollinate. Fucking A, man. So that was one of my my things I, I you know, I, I saw was like taking them to that next level. You really get to see what you're playing with, uh, yeah. and, you know. Yeah, dude, the, the last year that I grew medically was 2017, and I didn't have time to sex anything. It was a scramble just to get the property, and so I just threw all the seedlings in pots. And, dude, some of the men, like, I gave him two or three that I was, dude, this is going to be so sick. It's fucking huge, man. And then it started showing balls, so I'm like, fucking God yep. damn it!" Like, I had to pull the trellis off of it drag it to the fucking truck i didn't even have a truck i had to borrow a truck from my homie and throw it in the back of there. yeah dude and then drive it to his house i'm like yo i got a few mails he's like bring them here boss and it, it just he was like holy shit and i'm like dude i thought there were females you know what i mean i was hoping for the best and he was like dude i'll use these so it i don't know man it's yeah. good to good to hear it helped him out because i I was bummed, you know. Oh, it like, sounds like oh, he he loved it, yeah. Yeah. Because so, yeah, I I ran into experiences like that early on, you know, when you you know you're you know you got all these seed packs, and, you know, you're just you're popping seeds like like crazy, you know, you, you grow these plants out, and then you know two months into it, they show you they're a dude. You're like, oh shit, <laughs> yeah. You know, I've definitely grown out my fair share of males to the you know bigger proportions but uh you know you, yeah. you know cutting them up or cutting them down if you're not going to keep them it's you know it's a part of the process <laughs> yeah it's a bummer man it's a, it's a bummer but uh some good can come of it man like uh oh definitely try, try definitely silver lining in the cloud um i guess uh we, we already talked about back cross what sort of methods do you use are you uh, one of the paintbrush guys or do you like to Use the pollen bags, or what's what's your style? Shake that whole branch. Is that what you so do? So I've tried, you know, all the methods that are generally known out there. Um, I have a couple methods that I, you know, I just try myself. Um, but really, what I'm what I'm starting to notice, you know, a good natural, like really, I have multiple greenhouses, and so. I will do a full spray down after it, but I've done a season where, you know, I found out of, you know, 100 seeds, I actually found males I set aside as well as females I set aside. And then, yeah, I just went as bold as just put those males in there after a heavy thin with just their top organs. And I just, with fans and everything, bred an entire tunnel full of, you know, 
different genetics that I've, you know, cold over a couple of years. Uh, Cinex being one of them. And yeah, Cinex is, yeah, I love Cinex. Was it male? It was a male Cinex? No, it was a female Cinex. It was actually the, the, I think the Jeremy cut or Uh, a similar cut around Portland. Uh, that throwing actually some, one of my good purples friends off here and there and shit like every fucking time oh yeah it, it totally goes chunky and purple flowers yeah, fast yeah. smells super sweet and dank i love that strain but uh you know i really like strains that are you know hold nostalgia and like you know their name has carried you know the decades you know northern lights cheese uk cheese yeah, uh, sour dude. diesel those good ones UK hunting them down. Cheese, bro, that shit was bomb, man. You got seeds to oh, that, Noah? You got some I, UK cheese crosses? Yes, I oh, actually I love do. a good UK cheese. I have man. the cheese cross to uh, Silvertip uh, after man. a back crossing. But uh, yeah, really the paintbrush method is my new fan. It, you can do it in a much more controlled environment and good, you know, test run of seeds off of you know one plant you can do multiple pollens um uh i don't prefer that method but uh you know it's a good time when you're sitting there and you got you know piles of you know foliage you gotta you know run through get all your seeds out um Uh, but really i i do this just to see you know the hundred to a thousand you know seed runs just to see each different plant each season how they change how the crosses interact with them uh but really i i, tr- I really try to focus on this one project that i have i don't like to dive into you know all these other labyrinths of genetics i i really think you know you find terpene profiles and highs or fades that work with you and pretty much you just you know you yeah, know I'm you like what you like, like bro. Yeah, you exactly like what you and like. so I breed really tough for that. If we do eventually release, you know, stuff to the public, it will be us releasing that flavor that we have cultivated, you know, hopefully over a decade before we release it. You know, I want I want it to be tried and true, you well, know, for I, generations or even seasons. I dig that you're into indica strains too so yeah when i when i renew my card i'm trying to put it at your farm if there's <laughs> spots open bro um, yeah speaking on the 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 paintbrush method i remember I, I know geek farms utilizes that i think too um but just going back and remembering when uh because i worked for uh deep creek gardens and and you know dynasty genetics up in the breeding rooms for a few months and uh you know, not without giving away too much info, but, you know, I think this is kind of common knowledge. Um, you know, what what uh, Professor P had me do was just basically cut off um, uh, parts of uh, the male plant, that, like a new branch, you know, um, and immediate, and just go around and literally like dip and slosh the branch around on each uh, female plant. Um, so that was definitely, you know, I, I didn't, that was my first time, you know, pollinating anything. So I'd never done it another way, but, uh, that was definitely an interesting, oh, that's a good interesting way to start out. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've noticed in like, you know, in most of my males that I've kept is they develop way faster than some females. Uh, and yeah, 
if you know i started thinning my males really hard because i you know i started noticing I was like oh shit these guys are ready to pop i can't risk this you know and so yeah. i've noticed that one thing I, i'll make my my guys look real ugly just leave just tops really because i just want those really nice big juicy clusters but i don't want all these branches with potential to you know spray yeah. anything anywhere but yeah yeah we on the farm we have them we have an area for males try to keep everything that you know we're going to be breeding all cloned out you know make sure that our males are kept away tucked away you know always spraying if we're ever handling or entering the, the, the space you know but yeah we definitely keep our male stock and you know, when we're popping seeds, you know, I always get jittery because I'm like, oh, this looks really good. What if it's a male? But, you know, I really am just looking for females and, you know, strains that can handle the Oregon climate, you know, fast flowering plants that are going to be, you know, you know, not dominated by the white, mold, you know, the botrytis that come in those, you know, one or two rains that hit. And it's Fucking like a, a regular man. thing. Yep. Good job, Noah. Good job, Noah. One thing that Smiley always used to say to me, and I'm not a religious guy, but he'd, he'd always, whenever he would leave, he would say, keep doing the Lord's work, brother. And I, and I you know, I would yep. just smile because it, it is, man, like you're doing some serious positive work that's not just going to benefit you, but benefit other people. And it really is tedious. Um, really like all the time, dude, like I have a lot of respect for anybody who's trying to breed seeds because that shit takes time and effort dude i know especially like popping a bunch and like you know on our farm we do some methods you know just like little goofy things so that we can you know keep track of the ones that we you know we're putting a, a you know a gamble on hoping that they're the one and so, yeah, when, you know, when you get, when you're facing 10 plants that all look super good and smell good and are healthy and, you know, you're like, what, it's, you know, killing some, you know, phenos or losing some for others because of their terpene profiles is so tough sometimes when, you know, you have yeah. like four flavors, you know, you can't have every single one, but we try our best to keep, you know, keep the heat around, you know. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Shout out to, to not pollen chucking. to yeah no there's a lot of that in, in portland there's a particular seed company I'm, I'm thinking of i won't name any names but uh <laughs> they basically come out with i don't i'm not sure what they're up to nowadays i haven't been paying attention but they basically come up with a um you know a dozen or more seed packs of, of new lines of a new uh male that they've thrown into one of one or a couple of their elite females just assuming that um you know the offspring will be will be money um no you know no stress testing or growing out or testing at all um and then selling them for like a hundred plus dollars a pack um so you know that kind of stuff is just um really the 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 low point of breeding in my mind and a lot of people go for that flashy shit i'm tired of um, that shit too will and it's a you wave. know it's, it's tough to get around and you know, that, people that, are the into the hype there for a lot of those new strains and yeah okay so uh and, 
that's another question that I have, Noah, is what sort of tests do you run as far as stress stress tests and whatnot before you uh, like, uh, pick a feed? Smiley hit it on a great cross. point. When we're popping our seeds, you know, we are, you know, we are anticipating that, like, if we do bring these to, you know, sale, the people that are popping them, or even if, when I go and give out seeds to homies and stuff like that, you know, I don't want to make them you know, grow up in like picture perfect climates and experiences because then they're going to just, you know, genetically demand that. And so um, we monitor them into a certain point, but yeah, I believe seeds show you if they're going to be keepers real quick, you can tell who's going to be ahead of the pack um, or like some of our projects that are on their fourth year, fifth year, you can tell I'll pop a hundred seeds and you're like, holy shit these it's tough because they all look good they're all healthy they're all used to the climate they've they've been bred here they're meant for it now and so that's when it gets really tough but i really i'm not going to be breeding anything or back crossing anything that i haven't ran the mother for at least you know eight to ten cycles i know all of its problems i know how it feeds i know what it likes to feed on like i really want to be breeding stuff i know that's like that's going to help a lot when you are dealing with the offspring. So you can anticipate, you know, a finicky cookie that isn't going to do well in the greenhouse climate in Oregon. Well, maybe we yeah. should, if we are going to be crossing it, cross it to something that can handle it. But yeah, cookies are tough to play with here in Oregon. I I've had, you know, some success and I've had some, you know, complete failures, just something about the range bringing those, those plants cannot handle it because they were probably bred indoors yeah. and they need that immaculate climate. They there need was, everything to be five star. I think there was like a heroes of the farm. Didn't they have one called like grandma's cookies or something like that? Oh like yeah. I, yeah. I, I got a bag seed from that and that shit fucking went till like October, like late October and didn't mold at all. But I didn't cross it with anything. I was just impressed that the bag seed didn't fuck. Because everything else that was cookies on the farm that year fucking molded like a bitch, dude. It sucked. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Can we, can we talk about mold resistance for a second? Because this is one thing that I still um, am trying to, to grasp my fingers around. But uh, I visited a farm, I think it was about a year ago, uh, called Conscious Cultivators. Uh, down in like the Eugene area, I think it just outside uh, Junction City, and they were growing outdoor, um, all outdoor. I visited in September, I think, or maybe late September, early October. It was a rainy day, like rain was falling, and most of his plants were still up. They were sopping wet, like wet, you know, you'd wring them out, and there was not a spot of mold on any of them, not yeah. a single spot. You know, they were like completely wet. You know, like uh, it was ring like wringing out a washcloth on some of some of the buds. Those are, and there I was didn't... not a single spot of mold that I saw. And he he said yeah. that he he breeds on the side, and, he, and his one thing that he breeds for is mold resistance. That all that's all he cares about, really. Um, and he's and he's yeah learned to I guess. Which which strains and which combinations can, um, you know, prevent that? I guess. What was the name of that farm? 
uh, Conscious Cultivators, I believe it is. They got beans. Uh, I'm not sure if they sell beans um, yet, at least to the market. They were, when I visited, they were transit in like in the middle of the transition from rec uh, or yeah. med to rec. Um, but um, I know that uh, one of the strains that he used a lot in his crosses and he grew a lot of varieties of was uh, UW. Oh, I yeah, guess that's uh yeah, that's a resistant or at least the pheno he had was very resistant, so Yeah, it's um, that's a very yeah. strong there strain. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um I've had uh I've had a, a couple rounds with the UW what I thought is UW handed from from you know, farm from Washington. And yeah, that I just remember super really, really rich terpene profiles, dark hues and just like super chunky big buds it's actually a really you know kind of nostalgic strain i miss you know that's that that move on you smell that perp oh yeah yeah those buds look great too super frosty yeah that was a good strain to run um another question that i have i guess um we haven't really talked about it too much but what is your opinion on phylos bioscience as a cannabis breeder in the state of Oregon? So I want to say, you know, five years ago, maybe even six years ago, you know, they weren't really, you know, a thing, or at least they were like maybe starting up, you know, the idea was there, but they weren't like, you know, being talked about, or, you know, I didn't have, you know, them coming out and, you know, advertising stuff like that and so i thought that this was going to happen one day that's what kind of pushed me into breeding and you know i was like man seed stock is crucial for any farmer you you know tomatoes like if you don't got seeds like how are you growing and so that was one thing that pushed me the whole monsanto coming in and taking everybody's you know genetics or whatever patenting them you know that was the boogeyman but you know, Phylos wasn't even, you know, on the radar, but then, you know, years would go by, you would hear about what they're doing, definitely heard about them real quick, and it escalated, and then, you know, the recent news comes out and stuff like that, and you just, I just look at it, and I'm like, I kind of expected this, why wouldn't they, you know, take advantage of something, you know, they're looking at all, you know, the people submitting things, really, they're greedy kind of and grinning they're like oh yeah give us your stuff we can tissue culture and save and and you're paying us like to them it's a double win you know and and, you know i I was like from an early early you know early into my you know growing years i was like in the hills of you know afghanistan or tibet or nepal wherever they're growing they're taking seeds, man. They're not fucking around with no clones, cuts, cultures. They're not doing that shit, man. They got buckets of fucking weed seeds. And I was like, I want to be like that. There's no reason why I need to rely on anyone else if I'm going to farm this. So, you know, you do your due diligence, do a little bit of research, fuck up a couple times or, yeah. you know, you know, Paul and Chuck your first year. You know, you, you, you don't know anything when you're beginning breeding. And so you just, you know, do your best. And then you figure out, you know, after a couple wins or a couple losses, you, you learn real quick. There's an edge to this. And then, you know, Instagram, YouTube, you know, all the forums, 
pretty much the internet has just, you know, opened it up so that, you know, you can, you know, navigate from what you think is bullshit, snake oil, or, you know, fact, uh, you know, being in Oregon, there's, there's a lot of really good seed companies. Uh, I really got to give the shout out, you know, dynasty crushes it. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to have access to, you know, really strong, healthy things that I think can even grow here. And so really yeah. that starts it off. That's right what I like there, about him having too. things to yeah. grow. Guys who are that's Yeah, it all one, works for Oregon. That's it, one thing that I thought Oregon's was important. Climate. Yeah. And then Dungeons Vault Genetics, those guys were from Tacoma. Yeah. So it's like and when I linked up with them, I was just like, nah, fuck that I'm whole Washington, whatever, whatever Oregon. Can, yeah. 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 You know, like it's the region is very similar as far as climate. And I would even say that oh. up there in Seattle, Tacoma is way more humid. You know what I mean? So way more. Oh yeah, I have some yeah. friends that had some grows in like, you know, the the more northern areas or the more eastern areas, and yeah, snows are way more intense there. Everything, climate, the change, everything's way more intense there, and it's way way too hard, I think, to even do some, you know, some of those types of cultivations up there. Um, but you know, people have those state of the art facilities, they get it done. Um, I'm just, ha I'm, you know, I'm just happy that the community in Oregon has been able to provide the shops have been able to provide, um, the expos, you know, there's just so it's just a, a plethora of knowledge and supplies here really. And so, you know, uh, yeah, that's that. any, anytime people are like, I don't know if I want to go to that conference or I don't know if I want to go to that function. I'm like, dude, go. If there's seeds there, go. here, here get, get 200 pack. I'll give you 200 bucks. Like grab whatever they say is hot. And they'd be like, for real? I'm yeah. like, yes. I'm like, I don't care. And anybody who's traveling abroad too, I'm like, do they have weed there? And if it's like, yeah, there's like one, even if it's wild, is, if it's hemp, just grab seeds and bring them back. Nobody's gonna check your bag for seeds. You know what I mean? Just bring them back. There no. was, there's a lot of gems I'm often gonna, too with the, the freebies even handed out. Yes. I mean, Dynasty gonna, handed out uh, Honey guy. Badger Haze a few years ago, yeah. and uh, people but are still looking for that. <laughs> I ran one that of my keepers. I got at a convention and I, to this day, like if I wouldn't have gone to that convention, I wouldn't have had one of those stellar strains in my arsenal. And it was all because that homie, you know, was just solid and hooked it up with the, you know, a pack. And I was just like blessed that, you know, I ran into him there and, you know, you pop the pack, you find those keepers and it's just ready to go. But yeah, the conventions here are just silly, you know. I, the access of seeds you know you get a pamphlet of like one of the banks from california and you're just like reading down their crosses you're just like i feel like a kid in the candy store i can have any of these <laughs> yeah, yeah dude serious it's like you think of everything that you've tried and liked and it's like if i see any of that on the menu in parentage like oh let me highlight that let me highlight that like i know get your pen circling it yeah you're like yeah. oh man i gotta Fucking a, dude. No, definitely. But yeah, the the whole phylos thing is kind of scary because you know it's known, and there's probably companies. You know, they're probably not oh, the dude. only people coming. There's going to be tons of people with that whole idea. Yeah, the the guy that defected from their company, his name is Dick Fitz. <laughs> and I'm like, that's hey, a good, cool name. You know what I mean? Uh. He did an interview with High Times magazine that's online, and 
it just man it just sounds really bad like the the quotes coming from that Mowgli guy at the investor meeting he's like basically saying that one of our partners in the company sold a company to Syngenta which is a subsidiary of Monsanto and one of our other partners was uh worked for a different company that was owned by Syngenta and so it's like at an investor meeting trying to solicit investment by saying that we have people on our team who have worked underneath Monsanto so we're trying to go as big with this as we can and it's just like dude like I believe it it's it's bad dude and and, and I and they, they're smart they, <laughs> they, they, they got are money. they're well, smart they got suits they and, got power they got politics politicians and, to, they to got me, this. It was uh February of kind of sad. February of 2016. I went to the Cannabis Collaborative Conference in Portland, and I made sure I went to that guy's little module or you know his little speech. His name was Mowgli, and everybody in there. It's like Monsanto is what they're, but they just thought that he was gonna genetically modify strains, and it's like at the the conference he was just like no we just want to set these markers so that you can see what's related to what you know what i mean and it was like okay and i i I thought it was dope like he had the sex test and it's like for 200 bucks you could mail in whatever you bred and see what it was related to and have access to the whole database and i was like nah man that's a cool idea i'm like that's tight and in the end it's like they weren't collecting that data just to share it with everyone. It was to basically patent it and use it to sell to to big ag and oh, yeah. Yeah, I imagine everyone a lot of people who send in samples like that feel like they're those sucker are all fingerprints. Punched. Or, sucker punch. You know, handprints. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what it, those all are for each and, of those genetic markets. It is, dude, because I, I worked for uh, Columbia River Intertribal Fish Commission out of Portland, Oregon, and we, we sampled adult salmon crossing the dam at Bonneville. And every fish that we'd sample, we'd take a genetic sample of, and we'd send it to the genetics lab in Hagerman, Idaho. And those guys, every single sample we set them sent them, they could tell which tributary the mother and the father were both from because sometimes it wasn't the same river you know what i mean it's like fish will spawn as close as they can get to where they were born but you could see what like hatchery fish had spawned with wild fish and they could see all that in the data and so that's why i thought what they were doing was cool because it's not like they they weren't claiming ownership or patent patenting any of it they were just saying you know you if you pay this 200 bucks to get this genetic sequence done on your genetics, then you have access to our database for the the rest of the time that it's up. And I'm just like, damn, man, they could just yank that shit now if, if someone buys them out for. And some of the numbers were like in the billions, dude. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, that's I mean, and that's just yeah. guys from Oregon that I know of. I know they have the sex test available down here in Arizona under a different company, but I I just worry about any any guys doing any breeding and just getting fucked over because it's like, dude, it just 
the stuff he's saying in those videos is really incriminating you know what i mean it's like dude you can't say that you're not trying to do that anymore because you're sitting here on camera outside of the cannabis industry that's just normal stuff in the ag world and so yeah man they move over into our industry or you know they they don't move over but they become a part of it or they broaden their you know expertise into it and yeah this is just easy normal stuff to them <laughs> we're, we're the ones you know you know they are taking advantage of us but you know it's really a big trust honor system you know you know it's anything especially when seeds are released it's like you know not feminizing your seeds it's like anybody that has a regular seed there's a female a male all that shit and so you know People are just giving out their stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like that about those types of things. It's art. You know what I mean? Like, you can. It is, in a way. You can remix it, you know? Like, yeah. I I try to show respect and, like, for real, like, I I wanted to get uh, Dungeons Vault Genetics on this episode, too. He he said he was out of town. I think he went to Vermont or something. So, he uh, he bred. Humble pie and foul mouth, right? Yeah, dude. And he also did the grandpa's breath and citrus farmer. Like he's he's got some game. Those are fire. Yeah, dude. And he uh one thing I saw him post online was anything that was kinda um OG Kush breath or cookies. He said it was kinda difficult to breed with them because there wasn't a lot of um pistols, you know, and the nugs. Oh. Well, OGKB is just the slowest vegging plant ever. Yeah. Uh, that shit, you need like twice as long a veg to get that, uh, um, you know, to get that plant to produce close to what you need it to, to have it in, in, in an indoor room, you know, especially yeah. if, you're, if you're tight for space. I mean, I know Gnome uh, Grown did, um, had a few rotations of that, but they could... They could never keep it around, and and it was only once every few months, you know, because they had to veg it for about four months. So, damn, pretty crazy, yeah. Um, Noah, I got a question for you. Um, yeah, what do you look for uh, when you're breeding? Like, what uh, what do you look for in like terpene profiles, and also uh, structure? Really, for structure, I'm really, you know, always looking for plants that are going to have those, like, super health stems that are going to be, you know, be able to hold fruit. You know, I'm really looking for plants that aren't going to be blowing over. Like, you know, Smiley was talking about cookies. It, it, you know, the terpenes, you know, that vanilla terpene, those cookie terpenes that everybody desires, you know, it comes at a cost. You have a really flimsy plant sometimes, you know, you know. Some of the more, you know, thin mint I actually liked cultivating because it, I thought it had the stem structure to support a very vigorous bushy plant. You know, the form cut was, you know, shooting straight for the stars the whole time, had to be trained, you know, netted multiple times, not just one level of trellis net, like multiple levels of trellis net because it just would go straight up. Um, but yeah, you know, you're getting those purple covered in frost nugs with that, you know, cookie vanilla terpene profile you know everybody's desiring that when it's grown right um but just when i'm when i'm growing or i'm breeding i'm looking for those chunky uh like la confidential was a plant that structured very well for me uh 
Another one would be the the 98 Bubba Kush, very squat, chunky, you know, trained well, healed yeah. well. Uh, I really like any anything with Afghan or anything with hash plant. I'm like, those are my favorite, yeah. like literally favorite highs, yeah. favorite structures. Dang. Um, nice. I, really, I really had a, you know, uh, a wake up call after, you know, cultivating doctor who one year letting the cut you know fade away but i really miss uh the doctor who structures that you know trains very well you know gives you tons of tops you know very purple very aromatic and floral um but yeah train rack those types time rack you know i've grown quantum kush from you know a bag seed from od and that was literally seeing that the different reds and purple hues coming from the leaves that was really nice uh but really i'm just looking for structure on the terpenes i'm a fan of the grape uh uh doghouse has a grape pie chew uh deschutes growery has what? you know grape the pie grape chew? pie grape pie chew? yeah yeah what? yeah what? strain where, it tastes where, like where, grape where, pie chew where who whose shelf is that on where can i find that grape pie chews were my <laughs> that's gonna man. be we gave those away at the front desk at natural wonders i like ate all the purple yeah. ones in the i'd say the fla- one of the flavors that no one wants yeah. to take dude that's the one i'm all up in grape. I'm like, oh, <laughs> ones, man hell yeah where's that at I, Noah? uh there's gonna be a few shops um Really, yeah, that's a that's a strain I've heard coming really hot from you know doghouse. You gotta house run there. that. You gotta Bigger run that doghouse. Damn, I I heard about them from Josh Galbraith too, man. It was something like their dog walker strain was the bomb too. Yep, their dog walkers fire, Scooby Snacks is fire. Um, but no, I, I, back in the day, I, you know, I touched a grape ape strain that was straight up, you know, smelled and smoked like a grape Jolly Rancher. You know, I fell in love, and you know. That's one of those old nostalgic strains. Never saw it again. Couldn't find it again. You know, finding those, you know, terpenes is hard for me. Uh, I was able to smoke some of the new Mac Miracle Alien cookies that had some of the grape in it. And I was like super excited. But other than that, you know, finding that really dank grape is the terpene profile I'm hunting for. Uh, But I will settle any blueberry or berry, you know, fruity loop you know uh cherry pie i really like the the fruit uh, uh, flavors and then secondary i'll probably have to say the gas really funky og uh really snacks a. dog walker yeah me too. Those that's, are my favorite. I, that's that's my favorite the gas yeah, yeah. kim kim the terps gas. man kim terps man. we're smoking yeah. the, plat- the platinum yeah. cookies right now and it, it has that really funky some ten four platinum cookies actually is just fire. Just you know, one of my favorite flavors. Just super yeah. good, rich, earthy gas. That's um, their bread you know, and I, butter, I, bro. I'll never get tired of that shit. From oh guys, yeah, man. I know, man. That is one of their best, you know, best strains they grow. But uh, you know, talking about terpenes, you know, those musky terpenes. You know, I I just really, you know, those earthy ones. I love the high that they provide. You know, I'm I'm way more chill. You know. It's going to be, you know, more relaxing. Uh, those loud, sour diesel terpenes, man, that's what I like smoking during the day. I like smoking, yeah. you know, the train wreck terpenes during the day. Ride some rats that I really miss. <laughs> yeah. Like good Maui Wowie. That's just like, you know, that just brings back the like, you know, 
first couple times even smoking, you know, you just can't find that anymore. Grown yeah, right, no. at least, or all, you know, all organic, no sprays or anything. But, you know, I, you know, Blue Magoo, I, you know, that's in my cultivation room. And so I, I you know, I'm always keeping those berry terpenes around good, healthy structures, you know. Hell yeah, man. Hell pretty yeah. much any of the fruit. I'm all about the fruit. Give me a fruit salad. That's Heck dope. yeah. Yeah, and uh, just thinking, uh, Rich, too, uh, One-Eye, who we got on the show in a couple weeks, right, John? Yes, sir, June 16th. Yeah, he, uh, and this is just my opinion, arguably, I think he's got, like, the best male in Portland for sure, and maybe, like, the Pacific Northwest area, because he's got that Albert Walker male that is that he crossed into... Uh, I was thinking it was the Chem 91 or no, the Chem 4 now, I think that they're realizing was what was crossed into the Albert Walker for Dog Walker. Um, but that Albert Walker male, I just fucking imagine it is, you know. I think it was amazing. Three or four years ago, one of my main homies that was like, you know, providing me cuts, you know, clones during my early years, that was actually one of the strains I was able to grow in my like, you know, starting up this farm at this property was Albert Walker. And I just remember it was just like super gassy, really, really chunky. The plant did not get very tall, but, it, you know, it's one of those strains. If you topped it, it responded very well. Um, but yeah, I had an opportunity to do a round with Albert Walker. And it was like, holy shit, you know, every bud is a top, a top cola, super chunky, great density. You know, I don't think That's I awesome. had it, you know, fade or anything like that. But Albert Walker, you know, holds a, you know, close spot in my heart. Never find that one again. No doubt. Okay, so we're getting towards the end of the show, Noah. Um, is there yeah, anything? No is there anything that you have coming out in the future that you want to talk about? Um, right now we're just trying to get the media and the know that we're just trying to get people to try our seeds um pretty much yeah we're going to be doing a bunch of giveaways this year you know we work with a couple farms so we you know we give our seeds to them to try regularly um but i think we're just going to be giving out some of our more stable stuff some of our projects that we know have really good results tried and true you know have multiple runs you know nothing you know i don't want to put garbage out in the, you know the public and so we're going to have, you know, I think three varieties hit giveaways. Anyone that would hit up the Dream Team Seeds Instagram. Um, we follow give that out, guy. Uh, follow that guy. He's going to give out packs. Yeah, follow y'all. that guy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're just, trying, we're just trying to get people to try them. We're not about, you know, it's not about the dollar. Really just trying to get the fire out there. You know, we have a couple strains that, you know, really are super, super dank. And so... You know, just like any any breeder, man, just trying to get it out there and try and know where the truth. Fucking a, dude. Well, that's that's tight. Um, do you want to plug your social media before we wrap up this interview? Oh, wait, wait. Let me let me call and ask for is do we have any live listeners right now, Mitchell? So we do. So if if anybody wants to call in and ask any questions of Noah Bentley, the number is one eight three three seven 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 three two two seven. That's one eight three three seven 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 dabs. Um, can you go ahead and plug your social media, Noah? 
And then I'm sure we'll yeah, we're gonna one more question before we go, right, Will? Yep, I All do. Right. We're gonna we're gonna be at Dream Team Seeds on Instagram, um, DTS, um, and then we're also gonna be uh, doing some farm work, uh, throwing veggies and stuff like that. Salvation Farms here, um, and then also giving a shout out to Salvation Botanical. Um, you know working with you know herbs that we're growing here all, all organic uh that we are trying to extract um through cold methods to then make essential oils no you know, that's body like care. Bath, bath bombs and stuff like that too yeah definitely uh, all of the above pretty much that's you know for more you know more of a you know someone that's looking for you know alter alternative forms of relief it's really pushing away from like you know any cannabis or anything like that it's just going to be you know really aromatherapy in a way yeah man the the bath bombs will help you sleep too bro like i know super relaxing kind of crazy yeah man we crash right out okay will so do you have uh any question before we go will yeah yeah got one more uh no if you just touch briefly on um what differences you've seen in growing uh either the same strain or different strains out um you know in 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 different growing methods because i know you you experiment a lot with you know organic methods conventional you know you're always looking for um different styles to try out and then what effect it'll have on your plants so i'm just wondering if you've uh seen sort of uh different expressions based on what nutrients you've used on certain strains? At the moment, the the farm really is just taking a you know a full you know move towards you know true organics, lot living soil. I just noticed that you just have like a healthier plant, um, a more like I won't say natural, but I just feel like it is like the original way that you know nature intended you know roots and soils of development so you know we just feed the soil really just to get the plants to be their healthiest but uh i really like uh silica therapy um i really like you know feeding uh you know high high amounts of silica to the plants to you know see uh really how vigorous that they become you know you know, I really want to see the vascular walls in the stems, you know, get larger. I I really want hardy plants um, <laughs> that can take a beating, be trained, uh, broken, super crops, bent, snapped, pretty much all of the above so that they can recover fast. Um, and then, yeah, uh, you know, drought resistance, uh, pretty much a lot of our seeds, you know, will grow in a soil medium with mixtures that we've amended. Um, but we'll literally just see, you know, can this plant handle, uh, you know, an environment that, you know, doesn't require, you know, you know, hydroponic needs, which is like, you know, multiple times a day. Um, yeah. but you know, in our production facilities, you know, we, we want to, you know, optimize our yields. And so, yeah, we're going to be doing, you know, you know, cocoa method, uh, we're going to be doing, uh, you know, some hydroponic methods. Um, I am a fan of, you know, every method. I think, you know, each method, you know, I really like the yields off of deep water culture, but I don't like the terpene production, you know. Uh, 
there are some things that each thing offers that uh, the other one doesn't. But uh, right now, you know, we're sticking to organics. Um, you know, I love my teas. I love my, you know, foliar sprays, you know, just real healthy plants. You know, I like those big dinner plate size fan leaves. Uh, Hell yeah. You know, I just like those types of, you know, those types of nutrients that are going to promote the, like, you know, like a, a healthy immunity. Um, but uh, when I'm, when I'm breeding, you know, Smiley said it true. We don't want to baby them. We don't want them to experience, you know, 100. And so, you know, we kind of, it's like what well, we, you know, we say at the farm, it's like, you know, the forget about it, you know, they get their water, you know, they get their feedings, but, you know, we're not, you know, aiding them. We want to see if they can handle, you know, being left alone, you know, you know, but, you know, once you, once you start to breed healthy strains, you know, they just, you know, they do kind of what you need them to do. You know, they show you that, yeah, they can, they can hang. Um, yeah. Keepers, yeah. man. Keepers. Yeah. But yeah, I just love soil, you know, we recycle all of our soil here, we put it through a crazy method. And so, you know, you know, you, you build the soil over year over years, and it's just like, why do anything else? You know, you don't see, you know, you don't see beautiful, tasty fruit, getting, you know, all the all the hydroponic fruit or anything like that, you know, you know, it gets on the shelf and gets the products you but, you know, it's not making you the, you know, five star dinners you know dinners and stuff like that and so that's just kind of like you know quality in quality out really what no we stand doubt. by no doubt well we appreciate you coming on the show yeah man. thank you no guys Bentley. this is a blast yeah man uh dude you really killed it this time and the the internet connection was a lot better so we won't have to do much editing dude um uh, yeah dude like you're uh Thanks, man. And thanks for hanging around for the first half, too. I know it was uh, longer than Oh, no, that was a pleasure, to... man. He's smart. That guy knows yeah. his shit. Yeah, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, you guys. And uh, hopefully Absolutely. we can have you on again later on in the future. Yeah, just let me know. No doubt. I'm going to uh, hit you up before the next time I come to Oregon, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. We're in a kickback, dude. I got flavors, man. Yeah, this. For sure, for sure. All right, folks. So I'm going to do our outro dance. This has been the fifth episode of Concerned Dabs podcast. I am your host, Katie M. Kane. With me was my co-host, Will Terps. I got to give a shout out to both my producers, Mitchell Wilson and Jesse Curry. This has been a Main Node and Joseph Street Enterprise production.